<laughs> Thank you to Ubiquities for streaming and for ensuring that we come to you guys every week. Hi guys, welcome back to the Moms Can Relate platform for another exciting episode. And trust me, that's exciting. This lady has me cracking up already. In fact, I think she, you know, she's known for her vivacious personality. She's such a free spirit. And many people here on Instagram, they have fallen in love with her. And we can understand why. I mean, for some of us who we've known her for some time because she was doing television in Jamaica. She was doing the Mega Mart show. She was actually in some music videos as well. And she was doing another, you know, several other types of television productions i know she is on her own she's doing great she's overseas right now she has her own family and a lot of other things happening with her so we decided that we want to talk to her because she has been so open as she is known to be about her journey um, from jamaica settling into the u.s having a child opening a business you know an online business and becoming a wife Yep, so hello to Felicia Lord. Hi, Felicia. Not by Felicia, hi. but hi, Felicia. <laughs> I know, oh my gosh, listen. That by Felicia, I swear it needs to go to style. Yes. <laughs> but I no, think but no, I think so too. But thank you, thank you so much, uh, Debbie. You know, I'm listening to you and just hearing you kind of just give a recap of some of the things that I've done in Jamaica. Um, sometimes I, I hear like people inbox me and I go, oh, Felicia, I miss you on the Mega Mart show. Felicia, I miss you on Joint Tenants, Royal Palm, this, that, that. And I'm like, it's almost like at this point, at 37, about to be 38, it genuinely feels like they're talking about a different person sometimes. Yeah. But she yeah, managed to do so much though. I, I, you know, it's interesting because sometimes I have to Google myself and this sounds crazy. Uh, sometimes I have to Google myself to remind myself of some of the things that I've done and in the short span that I did it. Because everything that I did, I don't know if you guys realize it, oh, it happened in a four-year period. Yeah. Everything from ocean spray to all of the videos. Whether And you know me. I mean, I was always working, darling. So if you don't put me in front of the camera, then I'm going to be a part of production. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> But Felicia, let me tell you, I titled this live Pushing Past Pain because as I said before, you have been very, very, you know, open and vulnerable about your journey settling down, um, you know, in America and having your baby going through postpartum depression and anxiety and also having a child who is on the autism spectrum and so much more. And you've managed to push back, you know, push past all of that pain, pain that could have derailed you completely um mm -hmm. but you've managed to kind of find your rhythm again and here you are bubbly accepting your your reality and just pushing past all of that so let's start mm -hmm. from the tippity top 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 right That's you move great, from jamaica Daddy. yeah you move from jamaica you're in america and this is a new reality for you yes how did it you is. get here well, to be honest with you, I left Jamaica when I was uh, 15 years old. A Pulse modeling agency, I had entered a competition with them and they got me a visa because I was in the top 10 and they brought me to America. My mother was always living in America. So when they got, my mother wasn't able to get me a visa because she came here illegally. So when they got me the visa, I was like, and it was a one entry visa, you know, so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get to go to this America place that my mother is in, that has been, she's been there for 10 years, whatever. So for me, um, 
you know, I could have stayed in Jamaica and finished that last year of high school because <laughs> I left in fourth form. But for me, it was more important to just be around my mother. So I didn't care. And I knew mm. I always wanted to be an artist. So for me, high school um, didn't necessarily have the tools that I needed to be what I know I was supposed to be. And in the same breath, I must say this disclaimer, please stay in school. It, it don't benefit if you come out early. I just want to put that out there because it did mess with my confidence and my psyche because I felt less than because I didn't have CXC subjects and so on. But anyway, I my mom was in America and I wanted to come to America. So the moment Mr. Kingsley Cooper from Pulse Modeling Agency uh, said that he would get me a visa and he got me the one entry, I knew it was a no-brainer and I came. The moment I came, I didn't want to leave. But I had to because it's a one entry. So when I went back to Jamaica, Mr. Cooper said, oh, you want to go back? I'll give you a letter. I took the letter to the embassy. They gave me a 10-year. When I got wow. that 10-year and I came to America at age 16, I never left. I never left. I, I signed up with, um, um, what was it called? Uh, uh, it was a modeling agency in Manhattan uh, ran by Tyson Beckford's mother, Hillary Beckford. She's actually Jamaican. And we never have no papers. And <laughs> and she she pretty much finagled and got me jobs and stuff. And I was able to do Essence Magazine, Girl Magazine, YM Magazine, wow. all at 16 years old. Yes, with my tall, skinny self. So for me, I knew I was going to stay in that mode. I was going to stay in America. I tried doing high school here, but they were going to put me back uh, a grade or two because I'm coming from the islands. And I'm like, excuse me, I would have been graduating. Um, so I left high school and went to the New York Film Academy, but the location in Burbank, California. And when I studied there, for me, that's when I realized this was what I wanted to be. And I knew regular uh, conventional school wasn't going to facilitate that for me. So I studied yeah. film. Now, while studying film in California, Debbie, as a 20-year-old Jamaican girl in Hollywood, it was rough for me. Because it was a huge culture shock. I was in parties where people were snorting coke on tables, glass tables, and asking, you know, like when someone offer you a drink? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how they like would offer passing me. it on like it's a normal yeah, thing. Like it's, yeah, like it's a bottle, like it's a, a, a glass of wine. Or, so they're like, oh, would you want? And I'm like, me with my little poor Jamaican self. <laughs> All I know about drugs is what I see in the movies, right? And that it messes you up and you become this person that is not worthy of anything because you break all the way down. So the moment I was offered, I said no. And actually for the duration of the party, I drank water from a sealed bottle that I opened myself because I always had that thing in the back of my mind where, you know, it's America. So you have the whole date rape drug and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So I was always paranoid. But living in California and going to acting school and studying acting really made me an insecure young woman. Because what would happen is I would go to these auditions and I wasn't I wasn't dark enough to play the, the black roles, but I wasn't light with enough hair, long straight hair to play the white roles. And then I had this underlying accent that wouldn't go anywhere right so whenever so you're, audition, you don't have a place <laughs> i didn't i didn't debbie and i went on so many auditions i remember i i auditioned for um uh nora's beauty salon with queen latifah 
and I was auditioning to play her sis, one of the sisters. And I was like, oh my, I'm so excited. I was like, oh my God, this is like going to be the role that, you know, and I didn't get the role because they said that while I fit the look, um, they didn't like my accent. So oh, I wasn't, wow. and then hold on, I got booked for a Western Union voiceover for a radio uh, commercial. And when I was recording, they said I didn't sound Jamaican enough. Yo, oh my God. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> And then when I would use, when we use the accent, like how me and you would have reason, then them said them can't understand. So then I'm like, literally at 20 years old, I was having a nervous breakdown because I couldn't understand what I was supposed to be. Because at this point, I would have been in America for over four years, right? And I was a teenager when I came here. So I was having identity issues. So, so I, all of that led to you coming back to Jamaica? Precisely. So here how I come back to Jamaica in 2006, 2006, December, I got to a place in California where I started drinking red wine for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I started smoking packs of cigarettes a day because that was my comfort. I mean, I'm in California. My mom not there. Nobody me know. Me just, I was always like that. Me just get up and do more and do figure it out along the way. Um, so while I was there, I was breaking down. I couldn't figure out who I was. I didn't feel Jamaican enough. I didn't feel American enough. I didn't have long hair and blue eyes. And I went through that whole thing. So with my mother, I had 400 US dollars in my bank account. I bought a plane, one way plane ticket. And I had a car in Jamaica at the time that my mother had shipped down back in 2004. So I know I had a car and I had a really good friend at the time. So I know I had somewhere to sleep. And I call her and I say, listen, I don't know what's going on, but my need for come on my yard and eat some fish, go to Elsha, swim, go to dance, party, drink. My need, my need, need, my, my need my Jamaican-ness. Yeah. I needed, yeah. I needed to just touch roots again with, with who I really was. And when I came home December 2006, was it 2006 or 2000, 2007, December 2007, I went to Pasa Pasa. I went to Bembe. I went to every single street because I, I was always the type of person where, I don't know if I a farm road, me did braids or whatever. I always liked the street stuff. That's yeah. what they call it, the ghetto stuff. What I them call it ghetto, I call it authentic Jamaican. So the thing is, when I went to Pasa Pasa and all that stuff, I was able to dance and feel like Felicia, you know, Felicia, be a farm road, Felicia. And while I was there, I decided, you know what? I no money. I no know what I'm going to do, but I'm not ready to go back to, 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 to Los Angeles. So January of 2008 comes, Debbie. And there was a young man named Ray Saunders. Somebody put me on to him and he knew about an audition for Ocean Spray Cranberry. And mm-hmm. they were doing craisins at the time. And they wanted faces for craisins. I'm going to say to myself, I'm done there already. What do I have to lose, right? Might as well Why go not? to audition. <laughs> exactly. So Why I'm walking head- <laughs> walk with my headshot them from California. You know them well, nice time spend enough money from them. But I never use them. So I say, oh, I'm a care one headshot. And, you know, my resume have, because I've done Dave Chappelle show over here. I've done the season two Dave Chappelle. I've done um, all of the magazines I listed out earlier. 
I've done a music video with Whitney Houston and George Michael. Wow. Um, so my resume looked really nice. And, you know, so when I got to the, the audition, it's so interesting that I was putting in this work in America and then Jamaica is where I came and reaped the benefits. Um, so I, I did the audition. And when I did the audition, I don't know if you remember, Debbie, but I used to wear this big, crazy Afro looking something. It was From beautiful. Here. No, no, no. Thank it wasn't you. crazy. It was beautiful and it was a signature look for you. It really was. It really was. And I used to wear that hair. And I remember when I walked into the room for the audition, the director looked up at me like, shall I try figure out a wish you go? <laughs> but the clients, the clients were from the Dominican Republic and they liked my look. So when I did the audition and I delivered my line because I spent $5,000 go New York Film Academy. <laughs> so me must deliver my line well. I delivered my line and I remember when I left the room and by the time I got in my car and drove to my friend's place, they called, Ray called and said, Felicia, they want you back for a callback. Wow. And when I went for the callback, they gave me two lines to say and I said the two of them and I added a third. Because I knew at that point that if you call me back, you like something. So I'm going to just give yeah. you more so you can make your decision faster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the American mentality in my head. So once I did the audition, the company said they loved me. The director, I heard from Ray because he was in the room. The director said, yeah, she's nice, but what are we going to do about her hair? Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember Ray said that the, the, um, the, the clients, they said, we don't care what you do to her hair. That's the person we want for our brand. And that's how I got the job. If it was up to the director, I wouldn't have got it. So what they did was they used me and one next girl with long ear. Mm-hmm. Diversified yeah. the whole thing. Right. When really and truly, I just meet a company to want. But to me, of my mother and their things, <laughs> they they added other people. But yeah, when I did that audition, I did that audition, Debbie, because I wanted a little money in my pocket while I'm in Jamaica. I remember I went there in December. This is now January. The little $200 I'm going with it done. Done long time, baby. Long time. Down <laughs> in front too. Passa, passa, go. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so I needed, I needed, I needed some money. So when I got booked, and I, I didn't realize how big it was going to be. Maybe just want to call something and just, you know, bill. But when I got booked and they and I was looking at the contract, it said radio, television, and print. Someone said, print? What kind of print? They said newspaper, billboards. Billboards? You mean my face going to be, oh, something got a panty. Oh, Ari. Okay. So I said, how much you not pay me for this car farming? enough money you get for them something that Exactly. This is when I was introduced to the Jamaican way of paying artists. They don't pay Oh, artists. Lord, Felicia. Don't just go into they it, don't. please. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another time and another platform, darling. Okay, all right. No problem. Us no creatives, problem. you know, you know. Oh, yeah, us creatives are, are in high demand, but Honey. low income. Mm. So... If me, let's put it this way. If me did famous safari in like somebody famous at Jamaica, my money would have too much. Um, <laughs> so basically, when I when I booked the job, they paid me 
And then they, they gave me a, a second contract that says when we use the footage in the second year, you'll get a 50% life of what we paid you for the first year, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, so me not to work again. I give me more money. Then me not a problem, darling. Wish for me to sign. So, <laughs> so when I got that job, I made a decent little change. I think I got about 3,000 US at the time. And I was able to live off of that for a while. But then what that did was it made me go, hold on. I was in America chasing something and I came to Jamaica and in less than two months, I have an ocean spray campaign. And it landed like, you oh. several other things as well. But that's the thing, because the moment they put my face on the billboard, because what happened was there was a cricket series going on and, you know, everybody watched the TV at that time. And those were the ad spots that the company paid for. So as soon as cricket go and break, I feel like be going to smile. A healthy body is a beautiful body. No, every time they went on commercial break, Ali would see this lady. <laughs> I want to fast forward, Phil. You, so, yes. so with all of this and the, and the fame and the popularity and you're doing things with Claro, you know. Claro, you're doing, Cash you know, Cab, Mega okay, Mart. You know what I mean? Mega Mart. Yes. And then you just up and leave Jamaica. Like, it was such a, ah, a stunt. Okay. Like, everybody was like, where is Felicia? Because she's no longer here. Where is she? What happened? Why did what you leave? And I was doing nationwide radio with Christopher Johnny Daly. Um, yeah. Uh, five days a week. Yeah. Um. So what happened was I got pregnant. And of course, y'all know, I still work with a big belly, same way, never care. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got to eight months pregnant, um, at the time in America, they were taking away people's green cards for staying, for overstaying outside of America. Okay. And I had a green card. All those years you saw me in Jamaica is a green card I had. So what I would so you do came is back home with a green card? Um, yeah, when, okay, went to America with a visa and come back home with a green card. Yes, okay, darling, get okay, married at 18, darling. Okay, <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> when I was 18 gotcha. years old, darling, I got a modeling job that was really big. It was for Panasonic and I needed a social security number. And the boyfriend I did have at the time, he said to me, why are you crying? Mr. Because I have to turn this job down because I don't have a social security number. I said, what do you need to do that? Mr. Well, getting married is the easiest way. Yes. I have known him for three months. Three months <laughs> I knew him for. He was a and supporting said, well, guy. let's get married. He supporting said, let's get married. Man. So I said, yeah, quarter house, jeans, I t-shirt. Yep. And I got married <laughs> at 18 years old and got my green card, darling. Yes. So put in a little piece there. So, um, so, why, so in Jamaica, pregnant, got to eight months pregnant. And at the time, my mother kept getting messages from people who say, you know, so them take a Sonia green card because she oversteer wow. Jamaica and whatever. So my mother kept calling me, Felicia, Felicia, you're going to lose your green card. Felicia, you're going to lose. Lord Jesus, whoa, Ray. No, I, I, I don't mean to say this, but I was always someone who really didn't care about the green card. Mm, no, <laughs> because, understand. I, because a big part of me, I'm so Jamaican in that way where no, we're not really nicer than yard. Believe us, leave the community. Um, so it didn't really, it didn't really phase me, but then I thought about it and I said, if, when I give birth, if I'm in Jamaica, the process of getting my daughter, cause I knew it was going to be a girl, the process of getting Africa's papers as a green card holder who overstayed her time would be way too much. So yeah. the plan was, the plan was to come to America, give birth, right? 
and then get my citizenship and come back. But what happened is when I came to America and gave birth, even though the ends, the radio station, Nationwide Radio, they had given me maternity leave to go get have my baby and come right back. Everybody, yeah. mega mods, they might expect me to have my baby and come right back. But what happened was the qualifications to be a citizen, I would have had to be in America consistently for three consecutive years before applying. And obviously for the past four years, I was in Jamaica. Exactly. Yeah, so I didn't have the choice to do the citizenship. I had to just choose. Listen, is it am I gonna go back to my career and lose my green card, or am I gonna stay here and figure out life? Which I you started to do. I did. I started yeah. to do it. Yeah, and I I got hired at Nationwide Radio in Queens, ninety three point five FM. Um, Ira Jam. No, sorry, Ira Jam. Ira Jam. Yeah. Too much work. Ari Jam Radio is Queens, right? <laughs> so they hired me. I was actually the only female personality they had. It was really fun. I worked there for two years. And after two years, I just, I, I didn't like certain things. And at, at that point, at that point, it was kind of hard for me to put up with certain things because I was now a mom. And yeah. I wasn't this, this, this freestyle artist where could I just ebb and flow any which way. Like, no, darling, I need my money. I'm going to need a certain amount. I'm going to need it for a certain time. And it's not no, yeah, man, Felicia. So I had to part ways because I needed stability. And that's mm -hmm. when I decided I was going to go to college. And um, I went to college for one semester. I got all A's and I met my husband, <laughs> my then husband. After three months, left college, married, and live a yard. Because I'm going to be very real right now. In my head, it was easier for him to just take care of me and my daughter than for me to go to no college. So I did that. And I don't have regrets, but I feel like that was not a smart move because I got married again. Yeah. Because remember, I'm married on me. You're married before. Yeah. Yeah, right. and divorce that the one day can't never work in the cheap for me. I mean, I really know how to forgive people. So yeah, bye. Um, and then got married again with this one after knowing him for three months as well. And so you were we you were you were basically wrapped in a pattern. Were you aware yes. that this is a pattern for you? No. Okay. I didn't know that until I went to therapy a year and a half ago and realized that I'm actually a codependent. So yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I'm going to do the whole thing. And then, you know, the marriage got abusive. It got so abusive where I literally couldn't understand what was, because if you listen to me on Nationwide Radio back in the day, darling, me is one of them feminists there where you could almost call me a man basher. The way home did rough and the way we used to talk. That's why me and Johnny used to just go at it on the radio. Um, so for me to go through what I went through with my ex-husband, it didn't make sense. To, I'm like, wait, did, did he, did he hit me? He hit, yeah. he hit me. He did. It's like, I couldn't process it because no man, a Felicia is, are you be, no, and a man can't, who you talk to? A man can't put them on for me and me steer with them. Exactly. Why did? Three years. Yeah. Three years. Called the police on him three different times. Went back to him all of the time. That's why I will never judge a woman 
ever again. Me used to say, "Yeah, idiot." Oh, if it until was the concern about the- your daughter was was the concern about your daughter, which I find you know hearing the stories of women who stay in abusive relationships with a child is the fact that you know coming out of that relationship means also uprooting a child's mm-hmm. normalcy you know and 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 what that would mean <laughs> if they don't have anything for you know for themselves in terms of something to move on and so yes. they would want to stay to in hopes that maybe it will get better but also mm-hmm. because i'm not sure how i could actually survive on my own with a child all right so my mother had just gotten uh, arrested right after I got married to my ex-husband. And my mother was my main source of help. And she got arrested. And she was sentenced to six years in prison. So when she got arrested, my daughter was one. And that's when I had gotten married to my ex-husband. So yes, Debbie, in that case, I'm a very classic case. Because what happened was, in my head, I was like, Lord, my mother gone, may have this baby. And for the first time in my life, I have more responsibilities and less money. I wasn't yeah. making entertainment money. I wasn't, you know what I mean? So for me, it made more sense for me to stay there with him because it because we had somewhere to live. It was comfortable. She was comfortable. And he had a son that was two years older than her. So then she had her big brother. And the family looks so, in, in pictures, in pictures, we are like the cutest family ever. He has the Instagram, son, the Instagram, Instagram goals, the Instagram family. Yes, girl. I, we were the class. What matching oh, shirts? He had a shirt that said, "I love my wife." I had a shirt that said, "I love my husband." Going to Six Flags as a family, girl. Talk to me nice. My family did turn up. Yeah, but behind closed doors, the both of us had deep rooted childhood issues i can say that now because i've been to therapy but back then it was just he his mother okay my mother went to prison his mother died from cancer two months later oh wow (laughs) and then we were both parents we were both parents so we we didn't even get the opportunity to really mourn what was happening but then we still had to be mommy and daddy um and and I, i i genuinely didn't know how to be there for him there were times where he threatened to kill himself and whatever. And I literally said, I'm going away. We had fun. Oh, wow. Because I had my own hurt going on. He had his own. And he, I guess he's expecting me to be there for him. But I've never even had a friend who lost a parent. So I don't even know what to say, what to do. It was a very dark period. Yeah. Um, but yes, I stayed in that marriage longer than I should have because I felt that Africa needed that. I felt like I would have been the bad guy to break up our cute little family because I couldn't understand when he gets angry, it might put him on for me. And the thing about it too, Debbie, why why it was hard for me to see myself as a victim, quote unquote, the reason why it was hard for me to see that is because I didn't just sit there and let him hit me, you know, we fight. Yeah, because I, I mean, you have, a, you have a personality that would not allow you to sit and take it. Yeah, you would be returning Daddy, some blows. Back. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I went sometime, I just hold him so and push him against the wall and shoot me back and boom, boom. I'm so, hey, and this, so you go. All right, now go for so, the cheer. <laughs> oh Lord. When was it enough, that, enough that you needed to just, you know, say, you know what? Okay, this so this is what happened. Africa, Africa was the reason I stayed and Africa was the yeah. reason I left. 
What happened was the last time we called the police, the police lady put aside. This was when he punched me in my belly and dig out the whole I'm hanging at the window and have blood around from my head. The man did kind of lose it. Mm -hmm. um, when the police officer lady pulled me aside and she said, listen to me, this is the fourth time we're coming here. If we have to come back here again, I am bringing child services with us because clearly you are not thinking about the safety of your child. And oh. that's all the lady did have to tell me. Yeah. That's take Ufa Pitney. My Pitney, my Pitney when we left my career for. I almost yeah. have my body. <laughs> yeah. So literally, that was the, the end of when we said, oh, so the government can literally just come and take my child because they think that I'm not being responsible with her life. Okay, mm -hmm. no problem. In that case, goodbye, sir. Can I get a divorce? Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> but really because at the end of the day, the child is your priority, you know? What? Darling, that was the whole reason I came to America to give birth. It was so that yeah. she can have certain things set up and whatnot. And then right in that time when she returned two years old is when I found out she had autism. So I found out she had autism while I was going through the divorce. And... Because of the police and the, the, I had to take out a restraining order against him. He took out a restraining order against me. So because of that, the police had to escort me to the house to pick up my stuff that he already packed in six big garbage bags. So I didn't even get to pack my stuff myself. Hold on, Felicia. Woo, hold on. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I put my hand on my head a while ago because... No. Well, I need a prank too, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I put my hand on my head a while ago because in my mind I'm like, oh my God. Can you, you imagine you live somewhere for three years with your husband and when you go for get you forgot to take up so I would, I just went to get the important items because big people talk, but still never mentally hundred percent left. But in my head me say yeah. at least live there. That's what I tell myself. So I'm not going to live there until maybe if him go therapy or if we go therapy and we can figure it out. Because I really wanted my marriage to work. I never, I was never raised in a household that ha everybody had the same last name. Yeah. You know, I was Lord. My mother was Southie and my brother, my stepfather was Brown. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, I just want that for myself. You know what I mean? And so I really tried. I really, really tried. But, yeah. um. Take your time, baby girl. Because the reason why we're here is because you pushed past all of that. And we've seen that you tried, you know, <laughs> like we, we, you, you, the reason why you're here is because you have passed all of that. You didn't allow it to define you. You didn't allow it to stop you. You didn't, and allow I didn't it to, actually kill myself. <laughs> and you didn't kill yourself and you're still here. And you know, the amount of people that, in, that you have inspired by being open and vulnerable and, you know, honest with your whole life. It's incredible. And that's the reason why I thought it was important for us to, to, to have this conversation right. with you. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, that, um, Debbie, I really wanted my marriage to work, but nobody tells you how much you're supposed to work at it. Everybody say, oh, oh, marriage is hard work and you shouldn't give up that easy. And he's a husband, you should push through and whatever. So in my head, I was like, all right, people always say this, but but people say you shouldn't go through domestic violence. But then mommy and daddy used to fight all the time. I mean, mommy stabbed daddy. You see blood are running down the bathtub, you know, like that's, I'm used to that. So maybe this is okay. Yeah. Like I literally was able to make sense 
of the horrific stuff that was happening. And yeah. I gave myself enough reason why it made sense. So, you know, I didn't know when enough was too enough. And I wouldn't have known if it wasn't for the police officer telling me that if you do this again, ma'am, we're going to take away a picnic. Away a and that's mm -hmm. when, yeah, that is exactly when I was able to, you know, get this done and yeah. walk away. And when I yeah. walked away, I, 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 you know, I lived at a friend's house. I actually, I called a shelter, um, a shelter for women and kids. Uh, that's where I was going to go stay. But then my friend, my friend said, no, Felicia, you're not going to no shelter. Yeah. Me and my son, we sleep on my bed. Um, you take, you take my son room. You and Africa take my son room. I did that wow. for two weeks. And then I moved in with another friend in Jersey. And I kind of did that for a year. And the year that I did it, um, what was happening is that I had gotten a letter from my mother from prison that she was coming out. She was getting released. And so because she was coming out, I know I had to come to Jamaica and give her a place to stay. So in my mm -hmm. head, might as well just move back and done because at least my mother will be able to watch Africa while I can come back in entertainment. Right. All right. That was my, my little plan. So I packed up seven barrels with all my belongings and moved back to Jamaica. That's when Africa was in K-5 at Portmore in a little private school. Um, and we lived there for one year only to find out my mother was not getting released and that her time was extended. Oh, wow. So now my dad, Jamaica, and I tried to get some jobs there, but I don't know if he's... <laughs> It's like when I, the jobs that I tried to get as an entertainer, um, when they tell me the prices, it was hard for me to take them. Yeah. Like there was one radio station that wanted me so bad. But when the man tell me $50,000 a month, and may I come and work five days a week with my vice, my brand, myself, and you're going to give me $50,000. And my rent at the time was thirty thousand dollars. I do the maths, and I said, "No, Africa school fee." And I said, "No, man, what kind of money this? When I do mega man, honey, you have people day. still working per month in media for probably even less than the fifty thousand dollars." When I so, do mega mart, a one hour we take to shoot mega mart, and I get one check for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I do it twice a month, which means that yeah. two hours I work for the month. $50,000 for work five days a week, four weeks for the month. I had to turn it down. And when I turn well, it down, that's when I... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, is, that is very, very crazy. You see, um, I, I want to get into Africa. Hold on. Hey, guys, and I have to use the ear pod because it's for audio protection. Sorry. Oh, person's on our Facebook asking her, you know, to <laughs> if it's good here. Send them over to the official moms can relate Instagram official page moms so that they can, can watch. Relate. Official moms can relate if you want Instagram. to hear baby Instagram. Well. On Instagram. On Instagram. Official moms can relate. Yeah. yeah. I want to get into how you identified that uh, Africa had autism. Okay. Yeah, um, I didn't. I I definitely did not identify that she had autism. That was something that came from her. Uh, she was going to daycare at um, almost age two, like two months before age two. 
she had started daycare. And the daycare lady one day said to me, uh, Mommy, please don't take this the wrong way. But I noticed whenever I call Africa's name, she does not respond. I also realized she doesn't give me any eye contact. She doesn't look at me. She's also, she tends to stay by herself and she does this little thing where she rocks and whatever. And she's very self-directed and she doesn't actually interact with the other kids. And she said- Was she speaking um, at all? No, complete, no, okay. no, no speaking at all. Um, but you know what? Go back a little bit. When she was six months old, she was the vib most vibrant child you've ever met. And every sound she hears, she mimics. So when she would go to the daycare in Brooklyn at the time when she was six months old, she would come back home making the sounds that she heard at the daycare. So it was a song. So she would do that and she would smile and she would laugh and she would creep. She would creep on one knee and the other yeah. leg was up. So she did the one oh. knee was down and one leg was. So she did that, that kind of creep crawl thing. She didn't actually yeah. creep, creep. And then after I took her to get her six month shots, two weeks after she got her six month shots, she had a fever. And after the fever, I just noticed my daughter, the vibrancy in her face just kind of went dull. I've, I, and she would oh lord i have to ask you that part because um there's a theory that the shot contributes to the baby's i'm a firm developing autism i'm a firm believer in it because i know the child i had and i know the child i came home with after the doctor's here yeah yeah so yeah i'm a firm believer that the shots whatever that sh the six months cocktail is a cocktail it's three shots in one, right? Yeah. Three shots in one needle. And they give them one on the left leg and one on the right leg. So that's a combination of six different things. Right. Now, this baby is six months. And you have put all of that in the baby one time. Now, for a lot of kids, it might work fine. But they need. But I do believe that you have children that might not react well to it. And yeah. I feel like by them not reacting well, AKA having an allergy reaction or something, it makes them develop at a slower pace than other right. kids, AKA Did, autism. Yeah. Did you have to put her in like a school that was specializing in the care Absolutely. of autistic kids? Absolutely. That, yeah. she, from age two to three, she was in personal touch where she had a speech therapist an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, an ABA teacher, a, a pretend play therapist. She had this is five in the US? different therapists. Yes, it was all yeah. free. It was all free. The government pays for, um, it's called early intervention from age zero to five. So from okay. age zero to five, she got even in-home therapy. They come to the house for uh, uh, two hours three days a week, along with beating her in her classroom as well. So she yeah. got help. And then she had me who, once the therapist was at the house, I would pay attention to everything the therapist did. And when the therapist left, I would do the exact same thing. Because my theory yeah. was, if the therapist is here for two hours, I'm here for 22 hours, which yeah. means that I get to be around her longer. So if I want this thing to work, then I need to be do I need to be doing what the therapist is doing on repeat, on repeat. I even have a habit right now 
of saying things two, three times because I have to do that with her. That's yeah. how I have to talk to her. So even sometimes, even if you watch my social media videos, you you hear me say the same thing three times in three different ways, just because I've been conditioned for the past eight years of her life to be yeah. able to speak that way so that she can understand because the frustration of having an autistic child is different. Because first of all, you have to deal with yourself. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're like, why God have to give me dapitnia? Why yeah. the first child I have have to have this issue? Then you come out of that and you go into, what did I do when I was pregnant? Is it my fault? Oh my goodness. Should I not have eaten this? Should I not have? So you go through that part. And then yeah. you have the doctor, you have the doctor saying, they don't know what caused autism. But then there are the same ones that says the vaccination doesn't do it. But you don't know what do it, but the vaccination don't do it. So if you don't know what do it, then how can you say the vaccination doesn't do it? And you're telling me I didn't do anything wrong. So I didn't do anything wrong and the vaccination didn't do it. Then what, what caused it, sir? Because yeah. according to my gynecologist in Jamaica, I had one of the easiest and best pregnancies she's ever seen. Yeah. Right? So not, not supposed to I'm competing. So she was born, she had it, and then I had to deal with it. And like I was saying, the frustration that comes with having an autistic child will send any normal human being into depression. And that, my friends, is when I can say my... It's interesting because even the the domestic abuse with my ex-husband and stuff, that still never sent me no, no depression. Because again, I'm used to that kind of life. Me used yeah. to see my mother and my father fight. That's relationship in my head. That's what a relationship is supposed to be. Back then, I used to think like that. Um, but, you know, so that didn't really send me no, no craziness. I was still solid Felicia. Can't, can't chat to me. Can't tell me nothing. I'm going to move through life. I'm going to get through life by myself if me have to do it right but then when i'm looking at my little person because i'm gonna be real with you this is something i found out in therapy i had my daughter because i wanted someone who wouldn't leave me yeah because my mom left when i was younger so i actually had my daughter i got pregnant because i wanted company i wanted somebody who would just love me and just always be there and just don't leave so then when my, my 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 person that i made turned out to be an autistic child who can't speak. She can't say, mommy, I love you. You know, she can't tell me, mommy, I'm, I'm hungry. I have to like read her mind. I have yeah. to, I used to have a list. I used to write a list of all the things that I have to check for whenever she cries because she can't tell me. And she's like three years old. And she, she, when she cried, she threw herself on the floor and hit the back of her head. Every day when she went to school, I would get a call religiously from the school. Hi, mommy. Yes, I'm just calling to tell you. No, man, you don't have to worry. Um, Africa had an incident today. She got frustrated and threw herself on the floor. She hit her head. We're just letting you know in case anything happens in the night and you might need to take her to the hospital. A regular call that. But they'll work. Mm. I'm sorry, mommy. Um, can you come and get Africa? We're not able to. I'm gonna look for my boss. Hello, sir. 
the school girl, and I'm not left my picnic. So it's either you go fire me or me, or me, or me, or me, me gone. You understand? Yeah. So in that, in those moments, that's when I can truly say that depression came in because this was the first situation I've ever had in my life where I felt completely out of control. And if anybody know me, I have control issues, you know, which yeah. is why my career was so good, which is why I was doing the things that I was doing because I was, I was a loner who just tunnel vision and get stuff done. So the fact that I couldn't make my daughter talk and I couldn't make her better. Yeah. The fact that I couldn't make it go away, it drove me mad. And there yeah. were days where I literally sat down. Hello? Felicia? Hello? Okay. Okay, so we're still live. Okay, guys, so we're still live. Um, we have a connection problem there. So we're sorting that out with Felicia. Um, I'm seeing 58 of you who've joined this live so far. It has been such an eye-opening um, revealing session so far. So thank you guys so much for, 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 um, for being here. Let me see if I can get her back online. Hopefully we can get her back online. Let's see if she can rejoin, sending her a message. Um, hopefully her device didn't die. Okay, let's see if she rejoined. Yeah, but I'm seeing all the comments and all the love coming in for her. Um, for the persons who say that they can actually very much relate to what's happening, yeah. You know, it's it's definitely one of those experiences that can can make you or break you. And that's the reason why we titled it as Living Past Pain, because not many people can actually go through all the things that, you know, she has lifted here, that she has gone through. She's mentioned all the things, most of these things um, on her Instagram page. Some of these things we're hearing for the very, very first time about her journey. But, you know, this this mom life it's not easy at all, you know, and it, it can definitely break you if you don't have the determination and the will and the support. The support is absolutely necessary to get over all of these pains that can come into your life to just throw you off. Um, I don't see where she is rejoining, um, still trying to get through to her, but we'll see. I want to say a big up to a couple of people who are here. Um, so Diahano, I hope to God that this is your name. I'm pronouncing this correctly. Thanks for joining us. Zeta Ventures. Hi. Thank you so much. Cleopatra underscore Denny. Thank you. Brown eyes, brown eyes Mari. Hi. Niamins by Millie. Hi, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Guys, we've done um about four. I'm I'm listening to here. She's rejoining. We've done about four interviews thus far since we started this quarantine. She's rejoining? I haven't seen anything coming. She's rejoining. Okay, good. But she's rejoining us. 
we've done about four, you know, different interviews with some really amazing women. And, um, you know, I've, I've interviewed a couple of celebrities on the Moms Can Relate podcast, but that wasn't the aim of the quarantine mom experience. I wanted to speak to mothers who, you know, we follow them online and we love them. Here she is. Hi, Fel. You're back with hey, us. Hey, baby, I'm back. I'm back. Darling, the little internet. Africa has her tablet. Michael have his phone. The TV use internet. My two phones. <laughs> the little, the little internet couldn't manage. Stress out. Stress out. The internet stress out. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm back. I'm definitely back. Yeah. But where, where was I? Cause that um, is. We're gonna, we're gonna pick up on, on Africa. Um, you, you were talking about her. You know, just, just what it took for you to. To, to basically become the mother that Africa needed while right. still trying to cater to yourself because you said you developed depression while having mm -hmm. to deal with this. And um, so you had to go through therapy because of the fact that you had this new reality of having a daughter who is autistic and right. catering to her. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So that was definitely the one of the major factors that I had to understand how to deal with that and yeah. i didn't have any help uh like i said my mother was still in prison right and then um my ex-husband at the time we we divorced so i had to just kind of figure it out on my own i made a lot of mistakes you know because i was uh depressed yeah and because i was depressed i genuinely didn't like myself and I would treat myself a certain way, but then it would also, like there were times where Africa wasn't talking and I, I just really wanted her to tell me what she needed and she couldn't and I would find myself shouting at her. And that's when I realized that something was seriously wrong because it's like, come on, it's, <laughs> it's a three-year-old, <laughs> you know, it's a three-year-old. How are you gonna shout at a three-year-old? And I realized I was doing something that genuinely wasn't supposed to be happening. And, I, and that's when I decided, okay, I need help. I need help. And One you know, second, Felicia. I'm going to ask the director to just um, put the camera on you. I'm going to take a five-second mom break. Cater to my boy. <laughs> that's that's, so that's the real life right story. there. That's the real <laughs> life right there. Continue telling us a story. Oh, I you will. Think you know what to do. I yes. will. I will. No problem. Continue. Yes. So basically, um, I, I knew that, you know, being a mom to an autistic child, first of all, I never even heard the word autism until I, I pretty much uh, got, she got diagnosed. And then I was like, what does this mean? What do I need to do? And the therapist talked me through it. But I went through a very, very dark period where I couldn't understand why this was happening to me. Why did this have to happen to my child? What is it about me and my child that make this have to happen? So in a, in a nutshell, I, I got her the help she needed. I became the mom she needed, not the mom I thought I, I was supposed to be. Because um, everybody have this idea in their head of what kind of mother they're going to be, but you don't know what kind of child you're going to have. So you, can, you really don't know what kind of mother you're going to be if you don't know what kind of child you're going to have. So Africa basically taught me how to parent her. And the day she said her first words, my entire life changed. Because Debbie, all I kept begging God for is can she please talk? 
because I did, I knew that if she can't talk, I would never get any freedom because I would never leave her with anyone because she wouldn't be able to tell me if anybody was hurting her or if she was in any kind of trouble. But that's when I knew for a fact that I could not survive if Africa couldn't talk. And, yeah. and lo and behold, she said her first word before age four. <laughs> Actually, I should say by age four, she said her first word. And once yeah. she, once, once she yeah. did that, it's almost yeah. like there was an opening for hope for me. This was the first time I actually truly know what the word hope means. Because I was like, wow, if she, if she said one word, she will say three. And if she said three, she will say a sentence. And if she said a sentence, slowly but surely, she'll read. And yeah. my daughter is eight years old right now. And darling... No, nobody no read better than her. Nobody no do maths better than her. I mean, she have she have her struggles because she has she has comprehension issues, which is what most autistic children have, where yeah. they, can, they can read the words because we teach them the words, but they don't quite comprehend. They don't quite comprehend the subtext of the story. Yeah, so, like, so you have you to know, keep thought, explaining things to her. Right. So literally, even today, I found myself getting a little frustrated and I had to check myself because yeah. I had to say something four times in four different ways for her to get it. And at this point, that's and I, I wanted to say that because I want parents to understand as much as oh, I'm giving autism tips, it doesn't mean that I'm immune to frustration. It doesn't yeah. mean that I'm like this autism guru person who is just very calm and zen and know what she's doing. No. There are moments where, where Africa does certain things and I'm Ed say, she don't know better than that. Yeah. And right away I have to check myself and be like, no, she actually don't. She actually don't know better than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is the extra care that we autistic children, autistic parents have to do. We have to do a little extra this and a little extra that and over when we go out, Whenever I go anywhere, immediately I'm start I start looking for the bathroom. Immediately yeah. I start looking for for crowd and was it hard noise. potty training her? Oh, potty training, darling. <laughs> potty training was interesting because um, she did not want to put the the poop in the toilet, but she didn't right. want it. She also didn't want it touching her, so she okay. would just poop in it and take it off and put it somewhere in the house that mommy can't find. Wow. Wow. So, so so basically I'd be walking around the house using my nose to find the dirty diaper. Ooh. Yes, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but no man. So we needed... only have four minutes to go, right? Yes, um, yes, yes, unfortunately, yes. Instagram can't seem to accommodate the kind of conversation that we need. No. Nope. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that, you know, we can probably do a a podcast interview where we can sit down and talk and True. we're not limited by time and space but True, because I didn't, about... I didn't even i didn't even get into the nowadays and my i know and i know but we, we definitely we have to do a podcast interview for sure where we can't just be audio and it's just going to go on forever but you, you, i mean your final words within a within two minutes really all um, right my, my yeah. final words is if you're a mom to spend time taking care of yourself. If you have an autistic child, understand that you are a blessing to that child and that God gave you that child for a reason. If you yeah. are a working mom, understand that it's hard, but it's doable and we're all doing it and we're all gonna be here rooting for you. And if you feel like you want to hurt yourself, 
please pay a therapist because obviously the problem bigger than you if you feel like yeah. that is an option. Please. Yeah. Thank you so much, Felicia Lord. You are so amazing in so many ways, honey. I will not even get to talk about the coaching or anything. Okay, so I know it's two. all good. I we'll do it again. We'll do a part two. We'll we will do, do a part, part two. two. We will do a part we two. We have to Absolutely. do a part two. Maybe next week we we'll do a part two. Absolutely, I'm booked. I'm booked for you. Okay, good, good. Cause we have we have to finish the conversation. It was just I too got good. You. I love Thank you. Thank you, honey. Love you. Love your sister. Love you. Love you From so one much. Month, Say hi one to African everybody. I feel you, honey. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining. Please follow the page. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining us for another Moms Can Relate. Quarantine Moms. Blessings and love to everybody. Follow the page. Bye. Bye. (laughs) All right. Don't leave just yet, Phil. Oh, don't leave just yet.